0: Because when you feel better physically, a lot of the time you're just able to, you have greater capacity to love others, to love yourself, Um, and also to help people understand themselves. It's not always about feeling better. Sometimes you're not going to feel better. You have some chronic pain that's going to be there forever, but an understanding of where that comes from in your body. And um, I love teaching people about how their body works and where it can go wrong and how we can get it back on track and why, um, and motivating people to do that stuff. I feel like I'm helping, I'm trying to facilitate in others the capacity to, for greater love.
1: I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love in our divinity, in our soul In the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. This is such a fun and informative conversation with Dr. Mescon a.k.a. Mackie. She's a doctor who practices naturopathic functional medicine. Naturopathy is based on the theory that disease can be successfully treated or prevented without the use of drugs by techniques such as diet and exercise. And functional medicine is a systems biology-based approach that focuses on identifying and addressing the root cause of disease. She talks about how she got started on this path, the balance of Eastern and Western medicine, the role stress plays in disease, and so much more. I'm really grateful to help bring more awareness to this type of medicine. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Mackenzie Mescon. She practices uh, naturopathic functional medicine, and I am stoked to learn more uh, just about that form of medicine Uh, and then also just really be educated on it and just bring more awareness to it uh, and just allow other people, the listeners, to learn more about it as well. But thank you so much for being here.
0: Mm, Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. Yeah. So how long have you been on this path now in practicing, uh, this sort of medicine? And I guess even before we jump into that, uh, if you can just let people know, uh, what naturopathic is, uh, and functional medicine as well, I think that'd be great.
0: So I am a naturopathic doctor. So my title is ND, naturopathic doctor, as opposed to MD or medical doctor. And, um, Basically, my training so I we naturopathic doctors do four years of undergraduate baccalaureate and then you do four years of medical school. Um, the first two years of my training are almost identical to a conventional medical doctor, so an MD, same books, same classes, same cadaver lab. Where my training differs is those final two years. So instead of training in a hospital, doing things like delivering babies or doing gallbladder surgeries, um, what I describe as sort of more higher force interventions. Um, we train in an outpatient clinics, which is like where you would go to see your primary care doctor. And we basically train to do primary care, which means we treat a little bit of everything. And um, my practice has focused in a couple certain areas, men's and women's health, chronic fatigue, um, digestive issues, and I treat like I have this little micro practice where I treat acne, but um in theory, you know, naturopathic doctors are trained, um, to treat a wide range of symptoms and a wide range of conditions. Our philosophy is that you are the whole person, right? Um, you are not just a gut or a brain or a uterus or something like that. Right. Um, and we really think of you as the whole person, the goal being to help you feel better, but also understand why you feel the way you do. So that's what we call kind of root cause medicine. Um, naturopathic philosophy differs a little bit from functional medicine which is very it's very similar but functional medicine is designed um, sort of to like bring the conventional providers into this world of root cause medicine um, it's got great structuring like really I, I'm currently training with the Institute for Functional Medicine my mother's um, has practiced functional medicine for a long time she's a physician I'm sure we'll get into that but the big one of the big things about naturopathic medicine that I think is a little different from functional medicine is we. I'm, I was sort of raised in this tradition of something called the V's Medicatrix naturae, which is the healing power of nature. And that means that we all tend towards health. So in naturopathic medicine, we support the V's, like at the deepest philosophical level. My job is to help support the V's Medicatrix naturae in all of my patients Where they have the ability to heal, we just have to figure out how to make that happen, right? So it's very individualized, um, but also, obviously, like, there are patterns you see with people. And um, so not to say that everything I do with every single person is different. There's a lot of overlapping, but um, really about root cause and really helping people find their Vs and, like, what stimulates their healing power of nature is... Where it gets like for some people, that's a little woo woo, right? It's like, what is the V's? It could be your soul, it could be your chi, could be God, could be the sodium potassium pump of your cells, you know? So I like that, that there's this wide definition that people can work with. And I don't actually talk about the V's with all of my patients because we don't always have time, (laughs) quite (laughs) frankly.
1: (laughs) Thank you for that overview, that was hugely helpful. Uh, And then how did you get started on this path? Was it because of your mother and that's just how you grew up?
0: A little bit. Um, My mother actually wrote a book called The Clear Skin Diet when I was in like middle school, high school. So to me, looking at doctors, um, she's a medical doctor, an MD, dermatologist. I just think I, when I, you know, growing up, I was like, Oh my God, doctors are so smart. They work so hard. I could never do that actually was kind of my attitude. Mm. Um, so in my undergrad, I studied, um, ecology and for like a lot of fisheries science, um, and English. I actually got a minor in English cause I like words and that whole thing. Um, and a couple of years I was basically after college moved out to Tahoe and my husband was a ski coach. Well, now husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, got a job coaching ski racing and I worked like, you know, five different jobs as a ski bum and then was like, okay, I need to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And I was looking, I was like, I'm going to go into fishery science and was looking at all these jobs. And my now husband said to me as I was like, Oh, I'm going to go like work writing about these fish or something like that. He was like, do you really want to work with fish? They can't talk to you. And you really like people. (laughs) And in that moment, I was like, oh, shit, I have to be a doctor. So it kind of was just like, came to me, you know, and I was like, okay, crap. So I applied to medical school. And I actually deferred for a year. And I took some I had to take like physics and biochemistry cause I didn't do that in my undergrad. So I took a couple post-bac classes and kept ski bumming for another year. Cause I was like, I'm not quite ready to commit. Um, but definitely inspired by my mother. Um, you know, I, she is a huge inspiration for me. I have so much fun. She and I go to conferences together and mm. we, uh, you know, I talk on the phone, I text her all the time. Like just yesterday, I was like, have you seen people losing their hair? recently with like post-COVID stuff like that she's like yes this is documented in the literature so anyway um definitely inspired by her my grandmother was also like very involved in the nutrition world like back in you know like the 50s and 60s so yeah it's been it's a bit generational there and then my dad's dad was a physician. Also, he was a dermatologist um, and he was actually the youngest head of a medical department in the country in like the seventies or something like that, head of dermatology at Boston university and Tufts combined program. So I definitely have like the, you know, yeah, the generational healer. <laughs>
1: I was going to say it is. Yeah, it is definitely, uh, it's definitely in the family.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so
1: nice too that you and your mom get to share this aspect of your life and you get to just connect and communicate. Um, it's just like a different level, you know what I mean? Like the mother-daughter, the um, parent-child bond you know, is incredible, but the fact that you get to kind of elevate it and have it on this different level is uh, is really special. So that's nice that you guys have that.
0: It is really special, and we might write the second edition of the book together. So stay tuned. That probably won't happen for a little while, but
1: <laughs> yes, you should do that.
0: <laughs> It'd be fun, totally nerdy, but really fun.
1: Oh, that's so cool! I feel like that's amazing to be able to write a book with your mom, and it helps people. That sounds pretty, uh, pretty perfect. Oh, and um, and so I guess why? Why do you feel like you took? Um, the path of uh, naturopathic as opposed to traditional? Because, right, your family kind of had a mix of things. So, like, kind of what spoke to you or what spoke to your soul or heart that that brought you uh, down this journey?
0: Um, Well, honestly, still, I was a little intimidated by the conventional medicine and that whole path. Um, I also just never – it just never sang to me. Like, I didn't – I don't know. I think it was partly – At the time when I decided I needed to be a doctor, I had found Buddhism. I was actually raised without any religion, like expressly. My mother did not want us to be raised with religion. Um, My dad was raised Jewish, so he did work in a little bit of, you know, a little bit of Judaism here and there. And I was raised in a very Jewish community, but otherwise, like found Buddhism and was like, oh, my God, here's some like nice guidelines to live by. and so that was a little bit inspiring. I was living in California, Northern California, like working at a yoga studio with these acupuncturists and chiropractors. I had taken a course in my undergrad called cross-cultural healing, um, which met once a week for three hours. And we would have these people come who were healers in all different like you know there was a surge plastic surgeon who came and talked to us there was an exorcist who came and talked to us there was a an acupuncturist who came and talked to us and we just learned about all these different healing traditions and on that syllabus had been naturopathic doctor and the first day of class our professor said cross this off your syllabus this doctor can't come so we, we're gonna have this other I don't remember someone's gonna come instead But it like stuck in my brain. I was like, naturopathic doctor, what is that? You know, Mm -hmm. and I like never really forgot about that. And actually, before I lived in Tahoe, I lived in Seattle for like eight months right after graduating college. Um, I graduated right when the market crashed in 2009. So we moved to Seattle, like blew all the money we'd saved, (laughs) worked like $10 an hour jobs with our new undergraduate degrees. Um, and when I was there, I actually worked helping run the office of a doctor who was doing, she was a medical doctor, but she had a lot of like overlap into the naturopathic world. And there are, there's naturopathic medical school in Seattle. So I heard a lot about it. There were like lots of naturopathic doctors around and the patients I was interacting with had naturopathic doctors and So I found a naturopathic doctor to shadow when I was in Tahoe, because I was like, I think I might want to do this. Um, And I ended up working for her, which was fine. I just, I'm a worker. I work too hard. So I ended up working too hard. Needed to Quit that job eventually. But I learned, I basically got to the point where I was like, okay, enough working for the doctors. I need to go become one. And that's how I landed on naturopathic medicine. That was a really long answer, but... (laughs)
1: That was I'm trying to like I said in the beginning, I'm just trying to learn a lot yeah. in this uh, in this episode uh, in a lot of the episodes, um, it is very conversational, and uh, yeah. I, you know i I do talk a lot in them, but for real, I'm trying to learn. and I'm yeah. trying to help other people too uh, just learn more about this and just bring more awareness to what you're doing because in the little bits that I've seen, you know, in articles online and documentaries, um, I'm just. I keep being drawn more towards this this type of medicine as opposed to the uh, conventional type. Uh, and we kind of talked about this a little bit before. or I mentioned this. You know, the conventional type of medicine. This is me with like limited experience and knowledge. So this is just me speaking what I've heard or what I know. I'm not telling anybody to trust me in this field at all. Uh, this is not what I specialize in in any way, shape, or form. But one of the issues I feel like I've just had with conventional medicine is there never seems to be much of the idea of getting to the root problem of it. It's never, at least in my experience, been like, okay, let's like figure this out and stop the root, stop that thing from happening so that you can truly, truly heal. A lot of times I feel like it's, let's slap a bandaid on it. Um, Let's see, you know, what the what are the effects that you're having? And then let's just slap a band-aid on those effects, but let's not fix the actual real problem. And then that just causes people to be on medication for the rest of their lives and keep paying big pharma over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, I guess it's the idea that a healed patient doesn't bring in any money. Right. Mm-hmm. So if like you're totally, if we get to the root of it and you are totally healed Well, then the money flow stops. And unfortunately, the greed of just a lot of people in this world, Mm -hmm. um, you know, really negatively impacts all of us. Mm -hmm. So that is just really one of the things that it just really over the past few years, I'm like, it just seems like such a major flaw in the system. Mm -hmm. It's like, and I look at these people who are sick, uh, who need to be healed and they're just not given the proper medication or things to heal them, it's really just like, okay, just take these pills and I'll see you later, sort of a thing. And that might be over-exaggerated, you know what I mean? Like That's just, again, in a little bit of my experience, people I've talked to, again, just things I've seen online um, and stuff like that. So I would love to get just your opinion uh, on just conventional medicine The benefits of it, uh, you know, maybe some of the flaws. uh, If there is a balance between that and naturopathic, um, yeah, it would just be great to get your perspective on that whole thing.
0: Yeah, I have so many thoughts on this (laughs) to share. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing I'll say is that I was told, and I don't—I'm not an acupuncturist. I don't practice Chinese medicine or traditional Chinese medicine, but um, there's this understanding or knowledge in our in this healing community that traditionally in like ancient China, you paid your doctor when you were well and you stopped paying them when you got sick because then they weren't doing their job well. Right. Wow. So that just like totally flips the concept, right. Yeah. Where people are, yeah, you pay the doctor to keep you healthy. And if you get sick, then they don't, you know, you don't pay them because it's not working or, yep. you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I love that idea, right? It's like, okay, if we, but you'd have to like completely restructure all of healthcare, um, especially in this country. So I do. And I, I mentioned this to you earlier. I say, I tell a lot of my patients that I spend a remarkable amount of time convincing people to get conventional care. Like I would never ex- expect to have done that as a naturopathic doctor. Um, but there are, there's a time and a place for it. Like, for example, getting appropriate screening tests. Like, I don't do ultrasounds of the thyroid or of the uterus, but sometimes people need that. It's important. It helps us understand or rule out what's going on, right? I love, I actually kind of love the patient who comes to me and says, My gastroenterologist has worked me up for everything. They've scoped me, you know, I've gotten an endoscopy, which is where they do a camera down your throat. I've had a colonoscopy, which we all know what that is, right? Um, They tell me nothing's wrong, but something's definitely not right. You know, these people are kind of like the fun patient for me. Not that anyone wants to be fun or interesting. I always say no one wants to be interesting to the doctor, but Mm. I'm sorry, you are right. Um, Because then I know they've ruled out any major issues, you know, does this person have all this pain because they have colon cancer, their colonoscopy was clean, great, right? We're we're good to explore more of these root causes. Is it something you're eating? Is it the bacteria in your gut? Anyway, we go down that path, but um, so I do think there's a time and a place for conventional care. I also think that part of this issue with how um, Americans, American culture, Western culture thinks about healthcare, comes from patient expectation, which is that there should be a pill that's going to heal me, right? We don't have a lot of conversation about what it means to be well. Um, Also, that's a continuum. Like, I don't think anyone just like reaches health and then we're done, you know? It's like this, you constantly engage with what that looks like. Um, And so there is a little bit of you know, sometimes like I might have a patient who comes to me and says, I just want a natural therapy for my acne, right? Instead of using these antibiotics, I just want to take a herb for it. And I'm like, well, that's not really how this works, right? Um, we, in naturopathic philosophy, there's a little bit of parallel to Maslow's hierarchy. Have you, are you familiar with this where it's like, to be well, you need like shelter and you need food and you need community and love is like the base of the pyramid. And then maybe like, you know, and then like purpose and, you know, it like goes up the pyramid of things one needs to live basically. Mm -hmm. And in naturopathic medicine, we say, okay, well, number one is you need to have like a roof over your head and to be able to eat nutritious food and have healthy relationships. And then from there, that's, you know, if you have that baseline, natural, quote unquote, natural therapies are going to work much better. Right. If you, mm-hmm. if you don't, if you're just in like a really bad relationship and that's the home you're in all the time, it's going to be a lot harder for us to, you know, use nutrition to heal your gut because your stress at home is so much that, you know, you can't, so anyway, I think I'm like totally off your question at this point, but um,
1: (laughs) you're, you're brilliant. So just let your mind flow, you know, just be in it seriously. Yeah.
0: We're going on a journey here through Mackie's brain. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But I do, you know, I think there's a lot that we need conventional medicine for saving lives. I can't, you know, I've had people call me and be like, I think I'm having a heart attack and I'm like, you don't need me, you know, Go to the emergency room. I'm going to call the ER and tell them you're coming, right? Which is what I do in those cases. And people are like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to go. And I'm like, I can't give you herbs for your heart attack. Like, you need to have an EKG and get worked up and make sure things are okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of people forget that naturopathic physicians are physicians. We are doctors. Like, we, we should know, a good doctor should know when you can't treat something, right? What you can and can't do what what you're equipped to do and what you're not and i i've sat across from i work i'm in montana um and i've sat across from like this crusty old rancher who's like just has so much blood in his stool is like pale right and i've said you need a colonoscopy and i'm like pounding on the table i if i could give you a colonoscopy i promise you i would but i can't cuz that's not my practice like you no. need to go do this because I'm afraid you're going to bleed out and die. Like there are things you need to know, even when mostly what you're practicing is like herbal medicine and counseling and, you know, <laughs> um, but there, there's actually this medical economist who I follow, whose name is James Maskell. And he's actually, he's, I think British. Um, and his whole thing is about shifting the paradigm of what healthcare is in this country which I think is kind of what you're like wanting, right? Yes. <laughs> it's like change everyone's mindset on what healthcare is because when the people want it, that's what is delivered. Right. I don't think doctors go to medical school because they, I mean, maybe some of them go to med school to just make money. Um, but if, if mostly, like if you want to be a nurse or you want to be a doctor, you want to P- be a PA, you want to help people. Like that's why you go to medical school. Mm. And When you work in that conventional model, I think a lot of people do get burnt out on that um, unless you're doing like emergency medicine, which I mean, you can still get burnt out doing emergency medicine, but that's a little, I mean, I have a lot of like ER nurses who refer their patients to me because they're like, oh yeah, I just helped save your life in this instance, but you need to get your hormones balanced so that you're not having ovarian cysts exploding and putting you in these emergent situations, you know, go see this naturopathic doctor who's going to help you work on balancing that instead of just putting you on a birth control pill.
1: Got it. So. And can I, I'm, I'm very curious, in conventional medicine studies, mm-hmm. is nutrition ever something that is discussed?
0: That's, you know, I'm not in the conventional circles, really. That's not really where I am. So I don't... I don't know entirely, but I can tell you that when my mother was in medical school in the early 80s, she asked her attending. So she was a resident. Well, what about the food they eat or something in some context where they're rounding in the hospital? And the doctor looked at her and said, we don't ask those questions. And This is in the 80s. So yeah. yeah, yeah. How much this is changing. Um but I I give that, and my mom said she was just like, okay, <laughs> you know, like, all right, we don't ask those questions. I'll come back to this later in whatever my life. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that people do talk about nutrition with their patients, especially like, you know, patients with high cholesterol, the first, the standard of care. So there's standard of care is what like every doctor is expected to practice. It's sort of like how you order your thinking. Um, I sort of practice standard of care. I have my patients like acknowledge and sign something that says, I, I don't always practice standard of care. It's like just part of how I'm trained, but the standard of care, meaning the first line of therapy for someone with high cholesterol is to tell them to exercise and eat healthy for six months. And then you repeat their cholesterol test. but it's just like, oh, go eat healthy and exercise. And someone's like, okay,
1: like, what does that mean? Maybe Yeah. Like how do I, yeah. Because that, that is such like a shift in your mind when you're, if someone, if you don't eat very healthy and all of a sudden, yeah, someone's like, okay, go exercise and, and go eat healthy. It's like, that could go in so many different places. And I feel like that's one of the situations where we don't know what to do. So then we get stuck and then we don't do anything.
0: Definitely. Yeah. One of the things I mentioned, James Maskell and one of his his big thing is about getting functional medicine like into the mainstream and and helping people change their mindset around what health is, what the definition of health is. And one of his big things is about group medicine, uh, based on that philosophy that change happens in community. Um, just like you know, you talk about when we all can extend that love beyond ourselves, beyond our borders. Like, how much can we change? I it's the same idea as with healthcare. It's like this. It's, it's the new thing. I think it's going to be more of the future of medicine is doing medicine in community. So everyone with high cholesterol, you come together once every two weeks and we have like a classroom with it. You tell me what's working for you. What's not working for you. It's one thing to hear it from a doctor and it's another thing to hear it from someone who's experienced it. Right. Who's in the same place as you.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, totally.
0: But yeah, there's so much information out there and it's really it can be paralyzing. Like think about how many people are writing, you know, should I do the carnivore diet? Should I do the paleo diet? Should I go vegan? Should I eat raw? Should I, you know, fast, yeah. right? Um, There's a lot out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, and as you're saying that too, I'm like, because I, and I mean, personally, I feel like I, I eat pretty healthy, but like, do I? Yeah. You know?
0: how much can you know you don't want to be too healthy everything in moderation including moderation you know
1: i like, could not agree more <laughs> i had some fantastic uh donuts last night that were well i mean and it's cool though so it, we live in st petersburg and there's a, it's a vegan donut spot that's oh. close to here and they were unbelievable awesome. so i'm a big <laughs> fan of uh of moderation and i don't know like tell me like what do you think about this if like the main parts of a diet consisted of organic and nothing processed at all.
0: It'd be awesome. We'd have a lot more healthier people, but then that gets down to like way bigger issues, which is like, how do you first off grow organic food enough for the whole world in the soil, the depleted soil we have, you know, and then how do you get even like get a vegetable into inner city, West side, Chicago. Like that's, I went to med school in Chicagoland and parts of that city feel like a second world country. Like there's not, they just like don't have a grocery store with a vegetable. So how are you going to tell people to eat salad if they, all they have is like, I don't know yeah, the gas station on the corner for, for food or like fast food. Um, so there's a lot, it gets, um, It gets into like public policy and all this stuff. If you really want to change Hmm. health, not just health care, but like health of people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with our current pandemic, there's all this talk of like, in my circles, if you eat healthy, if you supplement, you know, can you reduce the severity or intensity of illness, which is ultimately the goal to keep people out of hospitals. so You're not overwhelming the system and the people that work there that we need, and then you're like, you know, okay, well, you can't just tell everyone to eat vegetables. And yeah, it's just, it's a hard thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: and, and I definitely, you know, when I started medical school, I had this wonderful professor, her name's Louise Edwards. She's like a naturopathic elder, really smart, brilliant, wonderful doctor who's not practicing as much as teaching now. And she asked us all in our first philosophy class, um, if you know why are you here are you here to heal the world and a lot of people are like yes right I'm here to heal the world um and I was like oh my god that how (laughs) there's no possibly any way one could do that and that was part that was the lesson it was like you can you can I, I don't totally like calling myself a healer I think my patients do the healing I just facilitate it um I heal myself I don't heal other people other people heal themselves but you say you can help facilitate healing in your little corner of the world and that's great because yeah. then those people go out and they take it beyond what you can do um but it was just about like just because if you can't heal the world you're still doing something good you know yeah,
1: yeah totally um, yeah I don't know I just I've, yeah yeah keep going. you can keep going <laughs>
0: No, no, it's just a, it's one of those things I constantly struggle with. I'm like, how can I reach more people without actually working more? (laughs) Without breaking out.
1: I just, you know, and only in like recent years has nutrition been something that I've really even thought about in, Mm -hmm. you know, into my twenties, my late twenties, even, I would say like up until I was 30. I never really thought about nutrition. I literally never looked at what was in the ingredients on something ever. Yeah, I was like, I'm good. I'm young. It's cool. (laughs) It's whatever. I just want to eat what I want. And, uh, you know, again, just in the past few years, kind of being more, much, much, much more open to nutrition. Uh, I mean, and really just in myself, even eating just healthier, I feel so much better when I, it's unreal. I used to, Work in New York City, and uh, every day for lunch, I would go hard. I would get, you know, I don't know, like brisket or just like huge sandwiches. And we'd always look forward to lunch, and I would go so hard at lunch. And uh, it was just in my mind every time after lunch, I was like, okay, I know I need to drink a double espresso at least. To keep myself going. Literally, it was like that was yeah. like a part of the routine having yeah. at least a double espresso because I knew I was gonna be super tired after lunch. And I just accepted that as my reality, that's just what it was, like as and almost in the sense that there was no other option. Yeah. No, because it's just who I was, and it just really was what the world. You know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then uh, you know, just over time started to just eat healthier and uh for instance, for lunch now, I just, I eat greens and vegetables and all organic. And it's just a much lighter lunch. And I, it's just, I feel so much better. I never need coffee or espresso. Um, mm. I never feel tired after I eat lunch. Now I feel like more energized and invigorated. It is just such a massive difference. And one of the things too, that I, I, I found now in eating healthier is that it feels really good after a meal to not feel like I want to die. Yeah. You know, and to not be <laughs> so full and just kind of like gross and bloated. And before, that's just what I accepted again. I just really didn't know you could feel any other way after you ate. And uh, now to have the experiences of never, ever, ever feeling that way. And then sometimes I'll have like a meal where then I'll feel that way after and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot it was like this. This sucks. Uh-huh. Totally. (laughs) You know, and I just, and I literally, I I have love for everybody and I just want everybody to feel as good as they can on their own path. You know what I mean? I'm not like, you got to eat healthy. Like you need to do what's best for you. I believe if you eat healthy, you'll probably feel better. But if that's not where you're at right now, it's still all love.
0: I had this great uh, little tip I heard in this webinar I was listening to recently where this guy said, I tell people do the salad or the cereal bowl diet. And I'm like, okay, what's this going to be? Cause like, you know, in in nutrition circles, you're like, don't eat cereal for breakfast unless you need a lot of fiber. um, You know, you want to have protein and veggies. And um, anyway, he was like, I tell all my patients to take, everyone has a cereal bowl. You fill it with either fruits or vegetables or both. And you eat that at every meal. So Whatever else you put on your plate, fine. But you take your cereal bowl and you fill it with colorful fruits Mm -hmm. and vegetables. And I was like, that's a really, like, that's accessible. It gives people an idea of, like, the portion sizing that's, quote, unquote, ideal for eating fruits and veggies. Um, And the reason you want to eat fruits and vegetables is they're they're rich in minerals and vitamins. And we need those things, you know? Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. like... You, I don't know how many people think about this, but the cells of your body are quite literally made up of what you eat, right? And so like feeding yourself good food is going to become you are what you eat. it's that that is that is literally a thing. Yep. you know yeah. <laughs> if you if you don't have enough healthy fats in your diet, you're gonna get dry skin. you know why? Because your skin cells are made out of fats. And if you eat enough of them, you're going to have happier skin. So yeah, it's um, nutrition is a huge part of what I practice. And it's a big part. If people can eat really well, they need fewer. I always say, you know, it's not my goal to have you taking fistfuls of pills, medications, or supplements. I think we get into, I've had patients come in and be like, I'm taking 35 supplements and I don't feel good. And I'm like, yeah, no wonder. Like your liver has to process All 35 of those pills, you know, Uh Um, how can we heal your gut and then make improve your nutrition so that you're getting nutrients from your diet and actually absorbing them, which is a whole other Mm. concept to think about. But, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I have to tell you, my husband and I, um, with the pandemic, haven't had to pay as much in student loans. So we had a little extra money. And we got a whole farm share. So we have this, you know, community sustained agriculture where local farms, you can like get a subscription with them and you get a box of vegetables every week. Um, We signed up for this with our farm where we support them. You basically pay them in March when it's like their super slow time of year. And then we get a box of, we get vegetables, we get like flowers, we get eggs, we get meat, from lo- the local farm, and we get this all year. So, like once a week, we get once a month we get a chicken. We also get like some lamb or some pork. And and I've been so I've been eating all this really good organically grown local food for the since March. And I swear I don't take as many supplements and because I'm eating such yeah. good food. And I'm I know that's privilege that I can do that. Like yeah, yeah. But I also it feels good. I get to support my local farmers. You know, mm-hmm. in, in their. Yes, So,
1: that's awesome. And honestly, it, it it is true. And it is a privilege to be able to afford organic food. And yep. literally, I've, I've been in the um, routine and practice lately where uh, anytime I spend money on anything, I have a moment and I just appreciate um, the flow of money and I appreciate what it's able to give me. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I spend like, A little more time on when I go grocery shopping and you know I'm spending however much I'm spending you know there can be the idea of like oh shit this costs a lot like oh my god like right and then I instead of you know thinking that way um changing my mindset on it and just being so grateful and just being like Mm -hmm. I I literally look down like at my card or with a bag and I'm like how beautiful it looks like with the greens and purples and reds and yeah. You know, just being grateful and appreciating that um, I'm able uh, that the first thought that this food even exists. Cause like how incredible is the world that we live in that like strawberry, like strawberries just grow from nothingness. Like what? Like everything mm-hmm. is just, it blows my mind. Like, like red chard is gorgeous. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. so just appreciative that we live in in a world where that's possible. And then just really um, appreciating and being grateful. Um, that I am able to to buy that. Because um, in that moment too, I think like this is going to nourish my body. This is going to make me feel good. And I just kind of think about like the whole cycle of everything. Um, mm-hmm. And then so anyone out there, I just really highly recommend doing that. That brings like a whole nother level of like gratitude and just like energy yeah. to yourself. Um, so, and There's, you know.
0: I want to tell you and interrupt yeah. here. There's a woman yeah. named Deanna Minnick who is a nutritionist. She's like a PhD And she's on Instagram, Deanna Minnick, and she's all about rainbows and color and nutrition and what color means um, for like your emotions and like how to eat. Uh, It's just, she's amazing. She's like super positive, lots of like, lots of gratitude and appreciation and love. And then like the magic of color and rainbows and all of this, like, it's it's really awesome. I highly recommend following her. Cool. Um I read her stuff and I'm like, oh, that just like makes me feel feel positive. Yes. <laughs> About like eating good. And I want to interject and hope that your um listeners will know that there's this the environmental working group is actually a governmental group that every year they rate which foods you should really be eating organic. And which ones you probably, you know, you can eat not organic and not have as much like pesticide risk. Cause that's the reason we eat organic, right. Is to eat yeah. really clean and not get toxins. Um, and so every year they evaluate all the fruits and vegetables and you have the clean 15 and the dirty dozen and the dirty dozen are the fruits and vegetables that get sprayed a lot that you probably, if you can want to choose organic and the clean 15 are the ones that are like pretty good, even conventional. Meaning not organic. So you can eat and you can just like feel better about not having to do everything organic and feel overwhelmed by the, whether it's the cost or just searching it out, Mm -hmm. um, or just like feeling like you're being overly whatever. I mean, nutrition is such a spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the environmental working groups, clean 15 and dirty dozen is a really good resource for like making healthy choices.
1: That is great. Yes. Okay, cool. That's awesome um and then i, I, I was, as we're kind of talking too i'm just i'm really so curious uh about everything uh with this and so can you can you give like an example maybe of some ailment or illness somebody uh comes to and then just your approach in helping them yeah you know i'm just curious i'm thinking right now where
0: i'm like start right
1: i'm like where like i know there's a massive yeah. difference and i'm like well You know, you might go to a doctor for anything. I don't know, you know, and every time I think I'm like, okay, take this pill. I'll see you later. So it's like, you know, what is, um, what, like, what is the main difference? Like, what are you, I don't know, quote unquote, prescribing people or recommending to people in order to help them heal?
0: Totally. So in my first visit, I spend 75 minutes to 90 minutes. So up to an hour and a half with someone, um, I have a cash practice. So people don't, I don't use insurance, um, that has its downfalls about who I can reach and help, but uh, what it does allow me to do is spend time, um, and and not have insurance companies like regulating how much time I spend on things. I can also order more lab work. So sometimes insurance companies actually limit what doctors can, or they like ding you for ordering too many labs. Mm-hmm. So it, after our first visit with most patients, I'm usually ordering lab work, so that's getting your blood drawn. Sometimes it's doing other types of testing. So we might. Cause I always say, I wanna understand your unique biochemistry. So we might do stool testing or urine testing or saliva testing to understand, you know what's going on in your gut or what's going on with your hormones or what's going on with your stress. Um, I see, let's see, what's a good example of something that I would work with. Um, I see a lot of people who are like, I'm really tired. Mm. Right, um, They might have a thyroid problem already, which your thyroid is this little butterfly shaped gland on the front of your neck that makes hormones that basically tell your cells to use energy and do their job. And so people can have a poorly functioning thyroid where it's not making enough hormone. And so they're put on medication and that medication is thyroid hormone basically that's made in a lab or, um, from a pig or a sheep. Um, and I I do prescribe pharmaceuticals in my practice. So I do prescribe if and when I need to, but prefer to use like a lot of herbal medicine. I, um, I I consider myself an herbalist. I actually have, if we were on video, I could show you, I have this whole, um, see all those little bottles there. Yes. Yeah. Like All of my bottles of liquid herbs that I'll custom blend things for people. Um, herbs are medicine. People forget. Can I that. just
1: really <laughs> yeah. quickly? I just want to hop in. When I was younger, in my teens, I had really bad stomach issues, yeah. um, and no one could tell me what it was from. No one knew. Uh, there was like no remedy. I took pills. And ne- nothing worked. And then yeah. I went to um, an herbal doctor. My mom yeah. knew him. He was also our dentist, but then had this herbal practice on the side. Cool. Uh, it was amazing and that's what he did he gave me the liquid bottles he tested i went and saw him he tested me he's like okay this is the issue he gave me like a few different liquid bottles i would take the drops put them in my water every single day after maybe six months maybe a year i forget how long it wasn't an extended period of time and yeah. i was healed i was healed yeah. and i've never had stomach issues since then
0: you're like what did you give me
1: i'm like what <laughs> the f-? like what yeah and like at that time too, that was like 20 years ago. I was yeah. like, mom, how did you even know about this guy that, you know, you know, I, it just like, it totally. wasn't something that was in the mainstream that like other people knew about. And yeah. when I went to see him, I'm like, what is this? What, yeah. you know, and it, it worked. Yeah.
0: So I'll use herbs for that, that are like specific for like going with our example, if you're really tired, like other supporting other aspects of your endocrine system, which is like your hormone system and your energy and your thyroid and um sometimes i am i can be a little pickier about ranges on things so like blood work um if you give it a functional analysis like we tighten those reference ranges and we might say like okay um i want this to be between 1 and 2 instead of like between 1 and 4 right because that is like more optimal for your health or um i know that this number is low and that means that you need more zinc right or you need more selenium so as a with thyroid um, you need zinc and selenium for a thi- healthy thyroid function and Brazil nuts, you know, those nuts that like yeah. no one wants to eat in the nut mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> two, basically two Brazil nuts has your healthy daily dose of selenium and you can not overdose on selenium, but I have, I'll be like, okay, just eat. Two. Do you like Brazil nuts? Eat two Brazil nuts a day. That's going to help optimize your thyroid function. Right. Instead of like, I'll just give you more medication. Right. Let's figure out, how do we support your body nutritionally and in all these other ways that interact with that particular system, right. Um, to help you feel better, um, with the, the gut health thing, like you're bloated, right? Okay. Well, we can talk about nutrition. We want to talk about eating good food, eating enough fiber. Are you drinking enough water? Are you eating like super quickly and stressed out or are you able to like have somewhat of a mindful meal, um, I'm pretty bad about that. I eat lunch and work at the same time, you know. So mm-hmm. I can't really talk, but <laughs> um and then yeah, maybe some herbs, like some bitter herbs, which are stimulating to the digestive system. They get your stomach to make acid and your pancreas to make bile or your pancreas to make enzymes and your gallbladder to make bile, which all help support digestion. Um Yeah. There's like lots of good, what you might call natural therapies, which are about helping reestablish healthy function in the body, right? Like I can give you bitters, which is going to stimulate your digestive system to make juices basically. And then if we do that long enough, you know, it all starts communicating with it again. It kind of resets everything. And then maybe you don't need the bitters anymore because you've just made tweak your diet a little bit, and we've sort of jump started the system. Mm-hmm. I always tell people my goal is for you to not need me. You know, I, I say, yeah. I really like you, but I don't want to have to I don't want you to have to talk to me, right? Yep. So, you know let's, yeah, yeah. whether you want to be friends or not, like I'd prefer that yeah. <laughs> be in your doctor.
1: exactly. <laughs> so. yeah, we can be buddies, but and I love that. That is the idea for people to not have to keep going back to the doctor over and over and over again and keep getting prescriptions filled over and over and over again. I just, uh, yeah. But there's
0: also reality, which is that some people just have a lot going on, you know, and like they are caring for elderly parents and sick children and running a business. and, And some of those people are on like, eight medications. And so it's hard for me to give them herbs because herbs interact with medications and you got to be careful right. about what you do. And, um, but they're doing their counseling and they're doing their therapy and they're working on their, you know, the patterns that keep them locked in this. I see a lot of women who are in this like persistent place of service to others instead of service to self, um, you know, out of like deep love for yeah. the people in their life. Um, and that's, not always what leads to healing. So you know, we work. I have one patient I've been working with for five years, and she's like just ready to go down that path of doing more investigative testing instead of just like mopping up and helping keep keeping her going. You know, um, yeah, yeah. which works really much better when you combine. You know, if you combine conventional m- medications with like you know nutrients and herbs and supplements, and you can really help people feel pretty good, even in their highest stress times of life. So yeah, it's, it's a hard balance, you know, I want to be like, definitely have that conversation where I'm like, so can you quit your job?
1: (laughs) Well, as we were talking too, and you just brought up stress, is that something that, um, you know, in your field is stress something And, and the side effects of stress and how I feel like so many things Are derived from our stress is that something that you focus on and and try to help people with
0: I tell everyone it doesn't matter what your dis-ease is like this dash ease whatever whether it's like a diagnostic disease or something that's keeping you out of feeling good um, stress is the number one contributor to make things worse and make it harder Um, like I just yesterday was going over labs with a patient who is a a therapist or a psychiatrist, psychologist, counsels people with major depression all day long, has their own health issues and their blood work looks fine. And I'm like, you know, I think what's going on is the amount of stress you're holding with all these, you know, like we, so we have a conversation about like at least in the season of your life, how can you maybe work less or hire someone to help, with your patients, you know, so that you can take a break and sleep better so that your energy is better so you have less pain. And, you know, it's a lot of the time I sit with people and I'm like, you know, we can't blame this in your body. Like your blood work looks great. Isn't that too bad? We can't blame your thyroid for your fatigue. I think it's that you're stressed, but we, I mean, we live in a really a society that's like built around stress it's hard to get away from it um there's this i was taught in this tradition this philosophy that we're all here on this earth to be well with what nature provides us Mm. so whatever you believe whether we were you know placed here by god or we evolved here on this earth with what's in nature we're here we're meant to be well like the body tends towards health and if we live by the laws of nature we should be healthy. Um, But one of those laws of nature is like not being stressed all the time.
1: (laughs) Right. Really? Oh my gosh. And so
0: if you're stressed all the time, yeah, maybe you do need to supplement with some B vitamins or whatever. Stress is a huge piece, but there's ways to combat that. I think, you know, like talking about love and positivity Yep. and, you know, there's that whole thing about toxic positivity, like, everything's fine when it's not like acknowledging also what's not fine yes um and finding the joy in that is hugely important for combating stress and you know people will say like i ate this cake chocolate cake and i know i shouldn't have and i didn't feel good later and i say like but it did did it bring you joy you know and they're like yeah yeah it did bring me joy and I'm like, well, joy is really good for your health.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And like you said before, everything in moderation too. It's like, Mm -hmm. should you be eating chocolate cake every single day for your health? Of course not. But right. And I think it's just, that's such a good point too. It's like, if you eat chocolate cake one day, it's like, you did it. Just don't beat yourself up about it because you enjoy it. Yes. Right. it, (laughs) It happened anyway. Right. So right. You could either enjoy it or then Kick yourself for it. And it's already done. Enjoy it. Let that be a part of like your reality. Of like, okay, well, I'm not going to do this every single day, but I can treat myself. Moderation is a thing. And uh, I just think, and I, I'm saying this to myself now too, it's like when we beat ourselves up for things that we've done in the past, it just doesn't serve us at all. Mm-mm. It just hurts us. It causes stress on us in that moment too. It brings on our vibration So, and I want to share to you something that uh, anything that's ever helped me in life, I always just want to share with people just so they can maybe have the knowledge of it. Not saying you have to do it, but just sharing it and then allowing people to do whatever they want to do. Uh, Something that's helped me a lot with stress is uh, my morning routine. So like in the morning, a part of it, uh, of the whole routine is I don't check my phone for about the first two hours that I wake up in the morning. So good. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that helps out so much with like stress because I would, you know, in the past, wake up, check emails, even like jump on social media, but like jumping on social media you know with the algorithm if if we're watching things that are loving and positive we're going to see more of those but there's still going to be videos and things of like stress that's happening in the world and bad things that are happening or just like a video will pop up really quickly of somebody getting in a car accident or just like something that we just don't need to take into ourselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just having that time in the morning to not rush into your emails or social media like i said or any of the craziness of the day mm-hmm. has helped me be so much less stressful because I feel like when we jump into those things immediately, that starts off our day in stress. Like we're already there within the first five or 10 minutes of it, we're already feeling stress. And I think just that will just bring more of it into our day. Yeah. Yeah, and we can have that break and in the morning, just like allow the day to just come to us gradually Mm -hmm. and take that time. And myself personally, when I can start at least the first two hours of my day, without being bombarded by anything, without dealing with cause or any Mm -hmm. of that stress of the world, all my days are so much better. It is wild the impact that, that that can really have. And like, we all want to feel less stress. You know what I mean? So I just like, so so like anything that we can do. Yeah.
0: I was just going to say 2 hours is awesome but if all you have is 2 minutes, two mindful minutes makes a difference. Seriously. You know? Yep. Four four deep breaths. I had this great um I actually accidentally paid for the Calm app like a year ago. I don't know if you, you know the Calm yeah, app, yeah. I like accidentally bought a subscription to it. I didn't mean to, but it's been great cuz I <laughs> I was like, well, I bought this, I better use it. And it like asks you to do like check-ins on your mood and ask you what you're grateful for and I'm okay about doing it. Right. But one of the things that I learned in that was to set your timer for a minute and that like an alarm for a minute and, and just start deep breathing where you do like box breathing, where you breathe in for two minutes or two seconds or four seconds and you hold for four seconds and then you breathe out for four seconds and then you hold for four seconds and see how many breaths you do like that where you're not necessarily counting, just feeling good, slow breaths in one minute, right? So, and then when your timer goes off, you've like counted how many breaths, right? Mm-hmm. And then you know, okay, for me, six deep breaths is one minute. And then like any time throughout your day, if you think you can take one minute and pause and take six deep breaths, you know, you've spent one minute just breathing, right? Yeah. yeah. You don't have to like set your alarm for a minute. You just count six breaths and then you're good and you mm. and you get to relax. And for me, it's been, we got a dog. I've never had a pet in my life. And I got a dog last Christmas and he is like the best. He's so wonderful. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it took me till my 30s to get a pet. And my job is to take him out for a walk in the morning. So I make my coffee, half decaf, half regular, because That's what I can tolerate, you know, a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I take him out for a walk and we walk down our, we live on a beautiful 10 acre property, which I still cannot believe is my life. Um, And we walk down the road and the view of the mountains is like unreal and the sun rises and I just have this like really sweet time with my sweet dog. Who's out there like sniffing and running around and I'm drinking my hot coffee and just like enjoying what it looks like. And I have been trying to not get out my phone. Cause I'll get out my phone and take pictures. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, the dog is so cute. Or I'm like, the mountains are so beautiful. Um, but if I don't get out my phone and I'm just like, it's cool. Like I just, just going to enjoy this. Mm. And I take like only like 10 to 20 minutes for that because I'm usually rushing around in the morning. But that like 10, 20 minutes of like outside time, breathing, like engaging with like the joy of an animal, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. try not to think about too much stuff. I don't do the breathing thing, but I do take my dog for a walk.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. And honestly, thank you too, for like that perspective of it doesn't have to be two hours. It literally can be 10 minutes. It's just taking you that have time. to start
0: somewhere, you know?
1: Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's so beautiful too for you. You're just like there, you're present, you're in the moment, you're just enjoying your life. You're enjoying the present moment. And that is also, I think, so important too.
0: Yeah, that. I've had a really, I started my own medical practice this summer. I also sold my condo and bought a house all in two months. And that is a lot to do,
1: Yeah.
0: Um, start a business, move and like continue seeing patients full time. I mean, I didn't take any time off because I already had people scheduled. Um, so I've had a lot. It's been a good lesson for me. And like, how do you find when you have so much going on? How do you find a little bit of time? Um, and also, you know, I sit with, you know, I, I've doctored hundreds of people and everyone I learn from every one of my patients about where to find joy and how to relax. And they, they teach me like how they're doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and someone else's relaxation might not be relaxing to me, but it's relaxing to them. And so that's what they do. Um, it's really cool. Everyone's different. And yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's it, right. It, it's nice for you even just be able to take that in, you know what I mean? And then that's why I just feel like information and knowledge is just, is incredible because mm-hmm. Like you said, every like we're all different. Different things work for each of us. So the thing that works really well for me, maybe my two hours, someone's like, I can't do that. I can't take two hours. So that's okay. You know what I mean? But just like even understanding it and your patients giving you some aspects of like how they find joy. It's like knowledge is just beautiful and you can just take from it what works for you. And the other stuff, it's like, cool. Well, I appreciate the insight. That doesn't work for me, but like still all love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. then you do what works best for you.
0: Totally. I mean, I see people from all walks of life, you know, like, I'm out here in Montana. I was surprised I grew up in like, pretty liberal part of Massachusetts. Um, A lot of my peers. Well, actually, that's not true. There's a lot of like libertarianism as far as politics go, that's drawn to naturopathic functional medicine. Cause we're like outside the paradigm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't grow up with any of that. So it's been like this learning experience of all this exposure to people with like all these different political views um who still, you know, they're going to, they're going to heal just the same as other people. Right. Um It doesn't matter what your views are when it comes down to it, what I have learned by and large of all the places I've lived and all the people I've worked with is that people are good and they come from a, from a place of good intention. Um, and as a doctor, you take an oath to help everyone. Like it doesn't matter what people's beliefs are, what their priorities are. Um, you help everyone. Um, and that just translates really nicely. It's made me uh, like a much better listener in my life (laughs) outside of work, you know, and yeah, yeah. all that. Yeah. Like, I I just think that people are generally good wherever you go. um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. And honestly, the people that we may deem not good or bad, honestly, in my mind, they're just having a tough time. They're just struggling. They've had experiences that we know absolutely nothing about. Yeah. That have at least had a some part in who they are today or right now, and uh, yeah, I think empathy is just you know the goal.
0: In just, in my medical practice, my staff will be like, "Man, that that person was just so rude to me on the phone," you know, and and they don't know they don't sit in an office with these people and talk about everything they're going through. Sometimes people tell them everything, and they're like, "I don't need to know that. I'm not the doctor," you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I'll remind them, like, remember, that you know, she really, she's in a lot of pain. I I think that's why she's really irritated with this. And on the same token, I have been known to call out a patient in front of my office staff who's giving them a hard time right at my front desk and say, I need you to understand that my staff is doing the very best they can to help you. Mm -hmm. They are trying their best, you know, and you just, you just have to point that stuff out to people and, and then they, they usually get it. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's such a great example too. And being kind and loving and empathetic doesn't mean you just get walked all over and you let people say whatever they want to say to you because there's love and empathy in talking to that person and being like, Hey, like really, they're doing everything that they can. It's like, I know you might be in some pain right now. We're in this like, because you have love for that patient. So it's like, we're in this together. Yeah. You know, I know it might be hard right now, but we're doing literally every single thing that we can to make this as best as possible for you. It's just like, communication and transparency in yeah. your love not being walked out all over.
0: Yeah, totally. There's yeah, I think it's hard to, you know, we say like just give just give love, just come from a place of love, and sometimes you want to be like that person was mean to me. <laughs> and I definitely uh I've been through some bit of an emotional roller coaster in my business world this summer, and some of the other people who are involved in this have a really hard time having patience for all the anger on the other side. And I, I don't know where this comes from with me. I don't know if it's like how I was raised or if I've just always been like this, but I just, my general attitude is like, don't rise to it. Like I'm just going to, I'm going to root here and I'm going to stay in my truth mm-hmm. and I can't, this big lesson I've learned this summer is that you can't always communicate with people. I love communicating with my language, written and spoken. It's like the big way that I communicate. It's what I do all day. I teach people right. Mm-hmm. By speaking to them. <laughs> and this summer I had to learn that sometimes you just have to show through your actions that you have compassion for people because they can't hear you in times of whatever it is. That's their, that's their deal. You know, mm-hmm it's like you can't do anything about it. Um, I have this experience with patients. Sometimes it's not the right fit. They can't hear it from me. They don't want to hear it from me. Um, I used to take that really hard. And now I'm just like, you know what, I think there's another doctor who's going to be great for you. And that's, let me help you find them. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah,
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, like I'm a 30 something year old woman. And if there's like a 60 something year old woman who's, Past menopause and has had all this life experience and just doesn't want to hear it from me. That's fine, you know. Yeah, really? <laughs> There's, yeah. That's why we're in community here, all together on this earth. Right? It's like because sometimes someone needs to hear it from someone else.
1: <laughs> totally, it's so true. And to me, it's like it can be such a paradigm shift when when someone may be nasty or rude or whatever might be happening, you know, at at the office or to your staff. It's the paradigm shift of thinking. Okay, this person was brought to me so that I can practice forgiveness, and this person was brought to me so I can practice empathy, and I can practice love to another person. And you know, when you look at it that way, everything kind of changes drastically. And um, when yeah. you right it's wild, and when you can almost and again not being walked all over, but being appreciative of like you know and literally like and gratitude too. When someone is like rude or mean or nasty to me, I have empathy for them. And mm-hmm. honestly, keeping it real, there's moments I'm like, okay, just hold it together, you know, okay. oh my God, like just just don't react, don't don't feed into this. And like, there's literally moments and I'm having talks in my mind of like keeping myself at bay so I don't jump back and, and reciprocate what they're saying to me
0: yeah. and
1: having empathy for them because obviously they're just not in a good place right now and they're just struggling a little bit. And then also having gratitude that I am not in that place. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That I like, like honestly, thankfully, like I don't feel that way right now. Yeah, and there's just something for that to be said too. And literally, when people come into your life like that, like okay, this is a gift. This is this is an opportunity for me to proclaim and declare who I truly am. And am I going to be nasty as well? <laughs>
0: yeah, right. I, know.
1: Or I Or am I going to be love and kindness? And it's like your choice in that moment. And I think it's really important too to not. To not say, well, that person did it to me, so that's why I was nasty. Do do not yeah. let another person dictate how you act, because you totally give all your power away in those right. moments. So honestly, do that, right? And that's helped me too. They're like just like fun little moments of like, okay, cool, okay, this is this is challenging right now. Oh yeah. my gosh! But like you know, can I be love in this moment? And uh, sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. Yeah, um, or sometimes
0: but, you are later, right? You're like, yes, yes. Okay, all I can do in this moment is kind of like keep my mouth shut and go, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm going to go home and be like to my husband, can you believe that they said this? Okay. But here's what, where they're coming from and here's where I am. And I can see how they're not, positive about me because of their experience of what we're all going through. I basically left a practice and decided to open my own after not having been there for very long. And that was really hard for them. And I was like, you know, I just realized this is not what's right for me. It's not how I'm going to serve the world in my best capacity. And I'm going to stand in my truth and do what I know I need to do. And of course then everyone else in my life is like, well, yeah, good job. We knew you needed to do your own thing, you know, like (laughs) you get all this. Other positive feedback while you're dealing with this, like, suck that's like, you have no integrity and you are a bad person. And you're like, I I just, I don't think I am. And I'm not going to go there. Right. (laughs) But, like, but yeah, have grace for people and allow them to have their own, they got to process how they're going to process, and you can't do it for them.
1: Yes. Uh, This has been awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we will uh, we'll start to wrap things up a little bit the the last question that I, I do want to ask you so everyone knows this it's the mm-hmm. question I ask everybody uh, on the podcast. Uh, so I'll just preface it as my goal in life, a spread love movement is to aid in shifting the collective consciousness of the planet to a place that's more peaceful and loving and kind and empathetic and forgiving uh, one that just understands our oneness uh, and that yeah. we're not separate from each other or anything uh, for that matter. Uh, so just like a really, you know just a a higher level consciousness where love is at the forefront. Uh, So what do you feel like, or or how do you feel like you are contributing uh, in life to this overall uh, just incredible, beautiful shift of consciousness?
0: I feel like a lot of love being able to give love comes when you are in a place where you can really feel good about yourself and love yourself. Um, My, my dad told me when I was like 16 and heartbroken with my first love, you know, he was like, well, does, does he love himself? And I was like, no, I don't think so. I think he's depressed. And my dad was like, well, it's really hard to love others if you don't love yourself. And I carry that around with me, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. what I learned from him. And in my own work, I do I do, you know, I work on myself a lot um, and I do that a lot by like writing and reflection and spending time outside um, and by giving, I feel like my idea is that we're on this earth to do things for other people. That's like a strong belief that I have. Um, I, I obviously, I'm a physician. That's like a big part of my meaning, um, but what I feel like I try and do not only by facilitating that in myself and the people close to me, self-understanding and self-love is to help people feel better. Because when you feel better physically, a lot of the time you're just able to, you have greater capacity to love others, to love yourself. um, And also to help people understand themselves. It's not always about feeling better. Sometimes you're not going to feel better. You have some chronic pain that's going to be there forever, but an understanding of where that comes from in your body and, um, I love teaching people about how their body works and where it can go wrong and how we can get it back on track and why, um, and motivating people to do that stuff. I feel like I'm helping, I, I'm trying to facilitate in others, the capacity to, for greater love, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, that comes from a place of definitely needing to be able to do it myself. Just, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup kind exactly. of thing.
1: Exactly. Oh, that was, that was so good. Oh, that was the best.
0: Thank you so much for this conversation. It's been, I've been like smiling this whole time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, and honestly, just your, your answer right there is just, it's really, it's everything, honestly, in my mind, because I really truly do feel like in order for any change to be created, we have to feel good. We have to have self-love and self-compassion. And what you're doing is such a huge part of that too. Because if I'm in chronic pain or I'm just in pain a lot or suffering, it is hard for me to feel good. And then it's hard for me to put out good or put out love. So. I really couldn't agree more. I think it really starts with all of us. And when we are at a place of peace, when we are at a place of just like not being stressed out and feeling good because we're taking care of our bodies and, you know, we're eating healthy and we're doing all these things to put ourselves in alignment and feel as good as we can, that gives us the best opportunity to spread love and spread good energy uh, and just really help in that shift of consciousness.
0: Or even to just get into thinking about how to get to those places, you know? Yeah. It's I, I get that the reality is that people can't always do these things in this particular moment of their life, eat well or sleep yeah. a full eight hours, you know, yeah. or whatever. But when you understand when you start to understand the kinds of changes that you can make, what's possible, and how to get there, like the empowerment of being able to like know that you're capable. Or understand why you feel the way you do or the thing that's keep, you know, help me understand why I can't sleep at night instead of me just being like, ah, oh, I can't sleep. I'm never going to be healthy, you know? Right, right. Um, yeah, you're totally right. It's like getting on the path to feeling better. Totally. And in all ways, mental, physical, emotional.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well,
0: this yes. has been really fun getting to chat has. Justin. Thank yes. you so much for having me. And
1: Of course, thank you.
0: You can tell I, I love to talk about what I do. And so yeah, sometimes I talk a lot, but I, yeah, it's been it fun.
1: Was, it's been so good, and it's great to see the passion in people. Honestly, like that is something that I think is just uh, for our own happiness too. Like, be passionate about what you're doing, and to be able mm-hmm. to you know show that uh, in another person and have this conversation, so people can see that and feel that and hear that. Uh, I really appreciate that as well. And uh, just before we cut out, if you can let people know where they can find you on social media, online, just anywhere if they want to get in touch with you.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, I am probably most active on Instagram as Dr. Mac. So D-R underscore M-A-C-K is my Instagram. And I have a website for my business is Sparrow, like the bird, holistic medicine. Um, So just holistic with an H dot com. And actually, I think it's sparrowholisticmed.com is our website. And there's an acupuncturist and two massage therapists who I also work with in that business. Um, uh, But yeah, on Instagram is where I'm probably most active, less with health stuff and more with like, you know, if you want to see cute pictures of my dog and we do, we do. I'm a hunter. So uh, if you're not into hunting. Just know that you're going to
1: get a little bit of that on social media too. You you do have a really cute dog and a really beautiful property too. I was checking out some of this stuff yesterday. Yeah. So Dr. Mescon, thank you so much for being here and just sharing your knowledge uh, and your experience with us. I really do appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. It's been really
1: fun. Cool. Everybody, thank you for being with us and uh, just hanging for a little bit. We love you so much and I can't wait to see you next time.